This is Tim Yeen, president of the Thunderbolt Sports Media and play-by-play broadcaster for the Fans Only Sports Network. On behalf of Thunderbolt Sports Media, Cranston High School East, and Thunderbolt Sports Talk, a new podcast by Charlie Adams and myself, available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, I'd like to formally thank all of our fall sports officials for the time, dedication, and efforts to provide our student-athletes with a safe and fair playing environment. While we've tried to best to express our appreciation for our officials as best we know how, it's clear that some of our members, actually, our advisor, is still taking his steps to success in showing that gratitude. But, on with the podcast. You are listening to Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Here are your hosts, Charlie Adams and Timothy Yee. Welcome to episode five of Thunderbolt Sports Talk. Back here at Cranston East, back joined by Tim Yeen on a special month of ref appreciation. If you want more context on what Tim had to say in the intro, check out our Instagram account, TB Sports Media. You'll have a better understanding of what that message was talking about. Tim, it's been a week at East, to say the least. And it's been a short week, but jam-packed with sports and jam-packed with other news. But what's going on in the sports world? It's not much, but I know that we ended the week off very strongly, at least in some aspects. Yeah, well, first off, let's start with Grass and East, right? So, you know, obviously it wasn't much of a winning week, but we did get there at the end of it. Like you said, Chad, it was a very, very huge week if you're a girls' soccer boats fan. Just got their first win of the season with a 5-4 win over classical Ava Chiarello, the freshman. Two goals in the mix, Tia Sanzaro, two goals as well. Natalie are chipping in as well for their first win. It's currently at 177 likes right now on our Instagram. Follow that at TB Sports Media if you haven't yet. I mean, you guys are all watching this, so obviously you guys are apparently followed. And, of course, girls tennis always winning, only has... One, two losses on the season. 6-0 versus West Warwick. Helena Fisher, Thor Corcoran, Karen McGarty, Olivia Tomaselli, the singles winners there. While the doubles teams, Maddie Hart, Nadia Shaw, and Julie Jolie Lim and Genesis Marion on the pickup right there. Christian Gomez had 14 saves in the East Greenwich defeat. one nothing. Uh, Granson East just couldn't find the offensive output. I know I had a halftime uh, appearance there. If you want to talk about that one real quick, Chaz. Yep, the first... Phoned in halftime report from Tim Yeen, possibly the only time a fans-only sports network broadcast has had a caller. Yeah, so how did you guys do that? Like, you know, essentially, did you, like, put um, Evan's mic into my phone? Yeah, we just kind of put you on speaker and moved you around until your levels look to match mine. I think it came out pretty well. I haven't listened to it back yet. We'll see. Yeah, it looked, I mean, from what I've... From what I heard, it looked sounded fine enough. Uh, but let's move on. East Greenwich taking home the sweep with a three nothing sweep to finish off the both six nothing overall. They played East Greenwich at Cranston East first game of the season for the girls volleyball team. But you know they swept there. They sweep now. Just Tran five digs. Angelina Sang the sophomore five digs. Um, still searching their, for their first win there. Still searching for their first set win at home. I know they had their first set win last week. But 
you know, it's a set win. It's not three. So you got to find a way to pick up the pieces at this point. I mean, you, you got to find out at this point. We're in almost in the middle of October. You just got to set your legacy out at this point. Well, their team morale certainly looks high. I saw a video of them singing along on the bus ride home. I mean, good for you. But let's go back to the girls' soccer win because we don't get to often talk about a win and it's such an exciting win at that. It looked like it was a long time coming for the girls' soccer team. They seem to have kind of turned a corner after that Tiverton game. They lost that 5-4. to four. It was a grueling defeat, really, just a comeback victory from Tiverton. It was painful for all parties involved, but they finally get in the win column by 5-4 to four and a lot of scoring from the girls' soccer team across these past three games. It's looking like some excitement left in this team. Yeah, I mean, it's been prevalent all season, basically, that this team has had the talent they need to make the playoffs. You have guy, people such as Bella Acevedo, Lily Guyon, you know, even Vicky Acevedo, the freshman, who's been making some goals here and there, you know, making an effort. Bella Dupree coming back. It seems like all this season they've had the talent. They just didn't know how to exactly utilize it. And I think now with that first win, I think we see the turning point. Definitely exciting, and of course, Cranston East girls tennis continuing to be a juggernaut in their own right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, every time I get results from tennis, it's either a massive sweep or, you know, at some points against, you know, maybe some of the private schools. I know they played Situate. That was a very close one right there, a loss for them. But, you know, every time it's always 6 nothing, 7 nothing, even 4 nothing. They don't even have to play the doubles teams, you know, and it's been it's been such a dominant run. I can't, you know, it's already expected they'll make the playoffs. I know this Friday or today they're going to go to tourneys for some of the players at least. So that's just really a huge team effort, a huge, you know, more of a solo type thing for tennis, but they've done a really, really good job. Yep, and tennis, you know, they are not even really – some of them aren't even losing a point in their matches. I know last game, Flora Corcoran, Kiara McGarty, and Olivia Tomaselli all won clean sweeps in both sets on their way to victory. They're looking like a great team and excited to see what the boys' team will do in the spring. Oh, yeah, definitely. The boys' tennis team, I know there, there were no seniors last year on the boys' tennis team, actually. So there may be only like one, but he didn't play significant minutes. So, you know, in actuality, this team is, the boys team is not only, you know, the same as last year, but possibly even better because nobody left. It's going to be all the same cast. It's going to be all the same crew. And now they know opponents from around the season. And I think they're going to have a really dominant season as well. It seems like tennis, but they're really our main strong suit at Cranston East. Yeah, and there's a lot of, things going on in the spring what are the chances that we see uh cranston east golf team and the chances that you'd be interested in joining it well i've stated last season i was already highly interested in joining that team before uh i'm still interested in it right now it's just a matter of who else is interested in joining the team because i know we can't make a quote-unquote team this year we'd have to go on the west jv if we want or make a co-op with them you know playing as west 
But, you know, obviously golf is, I know they're the new top golf uh, in the Cranston. So maybe get some practice in, get some more of that. Charlie, want to add on? Yeah, you know, that top golf opening up is exciting for the state of Rhode Island, but the fact that they were going to call it Top Golf Providence when it is just well within Cranston, I'm glad that Mayor Hopkins was stepping in there and forcing them to change the name from Top Golf Providence. And they came to a compromise at Top Golf Rhode Island, not Top Golf Cranston, but it definitely shouldn't be Top Golf Providence because it's literally on the way. It's you take the Cranston exit on I-95 and you pass the thing. It's crazy that they would even consider that to be Top Golf Providence, but yeah, I'm still spotty on my Cranston geography. I've only been here for like what is it, four years at this point now. I haven't even visited most parts of Cranston. The only true parts, kinda consistently, are my house and my school. So you know, but I even I can tell that that Top Golf is not in Providence. Providence. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's also coming up in the spring. Hopefully, at least I'm hoping that we can get something going on for Cranston East or and West. Hopefully, baseball and softball broadcasts on the Fans Only Sports Network. I know you're a part of the company. How would you be excited for a Cranston East baseball broadcast being part of the schedule in the spring? I mean, yeah, I'm not only excited for only you, Charlie, but, you know, the families and student athletes I get to watch from home, you know, the fans I get to watch from home if they can't make it to the games. And it's been it's really a, you know, if we get this through, it's going to be a really good opportunity, not only for the company, but for for the teams as well to get their players out there, to get their players into the spotlight. You know, now I think baseball and softball have promising teams this year. You know, depending on how the tryouts go for them. And it's really, 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 you know, good. I have a way to have broadcast for any sport so that, like, anybody can watch it at any time, especially since it's on YouTube. You just pull it up and you just watch a recap or a replay or just watch it live straight up. And the more the merrier, you know. Yeah, Cranston East Baseball definitely has a promising season coming ahead. It looks like a win-win-win if we're able to get the broadcasting rights for that and get to be able to broadcast baseball this season. Did a little last season, but it's kind of just out of the kindness of our hearts. Now we're really looking to do it for real this year, and they deserve it. I mean, it's a great program, both boys and girls, baseball and softball, both making the playoffs for Cranston East last season and the player of the year coming out of baseball. So there's a lot going on in that sphere, and we'd love to be able to cover it on the Fans Only Sports Network. So excited for what's to come there. Oh, yeah, and speaking of player of the year, I mean, Chaz, do you want to make some early calls for the fall season? Well, I think it might have to be, at least in the fall, I don't know if we're going to switch this season to doing one for each season. Well, I mean, at least and then, like each sport, you choose a nominee, I guess, so. I yeah, mean, yeah. So if you had any like a nominees at this point in time, you know it's probably going to have to come from the girls' tennis team. They've had the strongest year out of the teams, and there has to be someone in there who's probably not lost so far. I just assume so with what the records are coming back from games. But I think it would be interesting if TSM would like to uh, do a fall 
figure out the fall player of the year in the winter and the spring, and then we only have three options to vote for when the year's all said and done might make things a little simpler. Yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to stick with the format from last year in terms, but, you know, obviously we did one by season, by season, by season. It'll be a little bit easier. Uh, you know, Chaz is telling me to speak up right now, and I will try my best to do that. So, in actuality, yeah, I think we just, I think I would prefer to stick to the old format we had last year. Oh, you're the president, so I guess you call the shots when it's all said and done. Tim, what's going on with the Patriots? I mean, this team, nothing has gone right every single week. It seems like we're just waiting for Mac Jones to be that guy again, but after his rookie year, he's never even came close to who he used to be. I don't know if it's the coordinator situation or the offensive line situation, but it's just painful as a fan to see. Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you fully, Chaz. It's not just one problem, it's multiple. I mean, Mac Jones is a part of that problem. He has been playing well to his expectations. He's been just, I mean, the, his offensive line hasn't helped him at all. Um, he's been hammered in the pocket. He's been, he doesn't have the mobility to escape from those situations. Sometimes he just makes bad reads in general. But you got to feel for the guy. I mean, he's had three coordinators in the past three years. One of them has taken a job. One of them just sucked. And now he's entering a new one who's kind of in a complex system right now. And plus, he doesn't even have the weapons to support that. So who do you blame, really? Is it, you know, you got to, is it the offensive coordinator that's making decisions? No. Is it Mac Jones that's making decisions on whether to give that money to a wide receiver such as DeAndre Hopkins? No. Is it Bill Belichick who's, at this point, the game's passed by him, the, and his GMing skills are just outright the worst in the league right now. I mean, you look at the, I mean, you look at the draft, you see it's promising, but then you look at the free agents. He's very passive there, and when he does try to make a splash, he usually it usually doesn't go too well. Johnu Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster, right now, Mike Kosicki, all have not made a huge impact on the team so far, and. You know, at this point, I think it's time to take into the actual realm of firing Bill Belichick, or at least making him into a forced retirement. Well, you're talking about Bill Belichick as a GM, and I remember watching the Pat McAfee show just recently. I forget who was on. It might have been J.J. Watt, but they were talking about how Bill Belichick's actually the best GM of all time. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they do have a point. I mean... Rob Gronkowski, six Super Bowls, six Super Bowls, but you know that's his coaching. That's coaching the guys into being serviceable players for that team. But if you look at the late track record, it's been awful at this point. I mean, I I don't, I'm not gonna underestimate what he's done in the past twenty years. I'm just talking about right now. He is the worst general manager in the National Football League right now. Yeah, I think it's a little. Uh underspoken as to what Bill Belichick was able to do as a coach, which translated into his ability to be a general manager, being able to build that atmosphere that got players to buy in and take pretty much pay cuts, especially guys like Tom Brady who allowed those teams to be built out of these just like infinite cap space kind of deal, not to the extent of the Los Angeles Rams, but being able to build up a team with stud players who are buying into the system, and that's really what 
got the team going, but it's definitely not looking like those kind of teams as of late. Yeah, and essentially, it's basically the same system they ran with Brady at that point. Brady taking pay cuts. Mac Jones is still on his rookie deal, but they haven't found weapons to supply him with those to make up for the paying or the money they're not paying Mac Jones. They're not supplying him with the line that is required, the banged up, the heavily banged up offensive line that's required for him to at least make one read and not have 1.3 seconds to try and make a decision before just being absolutely blasted by Cam Jordan or whoever it was, that Saints defender. You know, it's he hasn't been supplied with the material to be successful yet. You know, he's not really doing fantastic of his own job right now. I think we're at the point now where most of the fan base just feels like tanking for Caleb Williams at this point. Yeah, I don't think he's on his rookie contract, but I don't think the Patriots really go out and try to extend him or even sign him in the offseason. You can't sign him for any Daniel Jones kind of price, which seems to be the going price for a below-mid-rate quarterback like Daniel Jones, especially if you're in position to draft somebody like Caleb Williams, like Drake May. It's definitely not the move to keep Mac Jones around. He does not look like the same quarterback that we thought we might have had. No, absolutely not. I mean, I can go on and on. The coordinators, the weapons he has around him. I mean, the defense has been the only quote-unquote bright spot so far, and even they haven't played too well. The entire cornerback room is just absolutely banked up right now. They're, I think we lost all three of our stars. Jack Jones is on IR, I think. Or at least he might have returned, but I'm not sure. Marcus Jones is on IR. Jonathan Jones is on IR. We did bring back J.C. Jackson, but this is not the same J.C. Jackson that was in New England for his first and This is not the guy that recorded 11 interceptions back in, I believe, 2021, you know, before being signed to that massive deal. This is not the same guy. I mean, if he did, that'd be great, but we saw him in L.A. or didn't really see him in L.A., to be more specific. 11 games, I think, or six. Not even that many. Yeah, and... The Broncos, might as well give them a mention. They played last night in Thursday night football. Took a loss to the Chiefs, but Larry Inn's favorite team, the Broncos, they are not really looking like they should have been right now. Wait, is that actually his favorite team? Yeah, it's his favorite. I don't know why, but he is a Broncos fan. Um, Okay. So... Yeah, I watched a little bit of the game last night while doing my while doing some of my uh, AP essay. Uh, Russell Wilson was not looking sharp again. It was against that Kansas City Chiefs defense, but Russell Wilson through his first pick was just outright terrible. It was a little bit a little bit high, but the defender just jumped on that, just leaped up high, and just took it for the taking. Uh, second one. That was tipped and intercepted as well. And it just wasn't a good showing for the Broncos offensively. And you got to think now with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, I think we're really, you know, we're really in the discussion of Drew Brees right now on how much he's impacted Sean Payton's career, much like how Tom Brady has impacted Bill Belichick's career. Well, but while I think Bill Belichick is still a huge, massive part of the dynasty, in fact, maybe even a little bit more than Brady, I think. Now we have that conversation about Peyton and Breeze. Yeah, there's definitely similarities. And looking at Wilson, you can't help but 
put at least part of the blame on him releasing one of the worst toy footballs that anyone has ever produced ever. I don't know whose idea it was to make that toy football, but if you see the Russell Wilson football in any store, any Walmart, please don't pick it up. It's just a hunk of plastic, really, with a little foam on the outside. It does fly. It goes a mile. Is it? Is it like a Nerf football? Yeah, it's like a Nerf football on steroids. It's so much plastic with like a circular... there's a sphere, or it's a cylinder in interior. So it's hard as a rock. If you catch it anywhere besides, like, the foam part, your fingers, your hands, they're going to be hurting. Oh, are you talking about that aerobi thing? Yes, oh. the Russell Wilson aerobi football and available in Seahawks and Broncos colors, mm. or at least at one point was uh, available in Seahawks colors, but it is just a bad experience. One good thing about it is you can turn a knob below the foam part to switch the fins of the football and make it spin better for a lefty versus a righty. It is pretty good as a spiral and throwing it deep. It's just yeah. impossible to catch. So what's like the size of the football? Is it like um like smallish kind of or Yeah, it's like, like smaller a than a Nerf football. Oh. It's about the length of my hand. Just uh, the foam part, and then the tail is a little smaller. So we have Would You Rather set up for this episode, I believe. But let's take a second to look into the NBA preseason. Something's going on there. Something's going on. Basketball's starting up, so it's always good news for sports fans to not be stuck with just baseball, even as a baseball fan. Variety is always nice. So we got... The Celtics coming out of the gate looking strong. Peyton Pritchard looking worth every dollar. It's going to be an exciting year coming up. What have you seen out of your Miami Heat, Tim? I mean, they got a win. I mean, I haven't really watched NBA preseason that much. I mean, I know what's going on, but it's preseason, right? And I think we should not take that much consideration into how players perform against what is basically just uh, the street court, basically. Peyton Pritchard, I mean, good for him, man. But I guess if you may want to make your money against playing against backups, you're more than free to do so. Uh, the Heat, they look fine. I think the bench, I think the bench played really well. I believe they look, you know, fantastic. I guess. Uh, I know Houston had a nice player in Cam Whitmore, and you know, with those top first round picks. I think they'll be a really good young team, especially with Ime Udoka, former Celtics head coach. Uh, I think that's a really good program they're building down there. Now, program is probably not the word I should use, more like team, uh, but you can put that into interpretation. We're all friends here. Yep. Houston and Udoka looking to grow as they work with their young team, kind of similar to the situation that Oklahoma's in, they're a couple of years ahead in their rebuild through the draft, but OKC already back in the playoffs, so good for them. MLB postseason going on. The Red Sox not a part of it, yet still having the most wins in October of any AL East team. Every single other AL East team just getting swept in the postseason, not showing up at all. The Dodgers didn't show up at all. Mookie Betts not recording a hit. In the NLDS, allowing the Diamondbacks to move to the NLCS. And Tim, 
I'm hearing that you're a bit of a bandwagon. No, for no, them no, 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 no. I was just a brief hiatus. I mean, I wasn't really following baseball that much, but the Diamondbacks are back, baby. Um, whoever they have, they're pretty good. Uh, making the sweep, and I'm not being a bandwagon, Chaz. In fact, I'm making a new executive order at this moment in Cranston East. The Integral Defense Growing Along Fandom Act, which protects against the bandwagon prevention rules by allowing freedom of choice in Cranston East in whatever jurisdiction that is necessary when talking about baseball conversation, i.e., you could be talking about the Diamondbacks in Connecticut or the, you know, the Chiefs in, I don't know, Mexico. But... You know, I think it's important. I think brief hiatuses are a common, common type thing in the sports world. And I think maybe that'll apply to the Patriots as well if they don't get the right track going. Well, nothing says bandwagon more than saying whoever they got on the team is doing pretty well. So I'm pretty sure that whatever defense act is oppressive and should definitely get turned down by the Cranston East faithful because that was... I mean, come on, just joining the Diamondbacks and not being able to name one player as they head into the NLCS is peak I can bandwagon. Name, I, can name the, I can name the uniforms, Chaz. I, I mean, they got the black snakes. Uh, they look pretty good. In fact, that's the reason why I became a fan in the first place. Yeah, it was definitely the jerseys that drew you in. I mean, bandwagon fans are the worst people alive. So having to... A person. Look, I got that recommendation to. I know I got that suggestion. No, not suggestion. I got the advice from Mr. Simone. Shout out to our advisor uh, on what was supposedly the worst team in the MLB. Apparently, he said the Diamondbacks uh, when I asked him that. So I became a Diamondbacks fan. Well, you didn't seem to uh, make that really known <laughs> until they took down the Dodgers. So. Interesting timing, or at least for me to learn of this sudden fandom. The worst bandwagon fans of all are the people who say they're not a bandwagon because they follow an athlete. Just because you like LeBron James doesn't mean you can just switch your favorite team to wherever LeBron is. Same with Kyrie. Shout out Angel. Buddy's been a fan of three teams in the past year. I mean, come on. That's the most obvious case of bandwagon. That can ever exist in sports. Is that why he was talking about Jared Allen uh, two days ago and lit uh, about the Nets and Kyrie? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's just, I don't know. He's Anyone who can be a bandwagon by cheering on a particular player and just following them team to team, not considering themselves a bandwagon there, needs to get with reality because that's exactly what you are and – you're betraying the sports world as a whole by trying to be a fan like that. Bandwagon fans are pretty much lower than anyone else on any social hierarchy. These guys are the worst in everything. Are you, are you Tim, good? you're looking like a bandwagon fan. Are you, are you good? Tim, you're a Heat fan. You're a... Diamondbacks fan. I am actually a true Heat fan. The only team that I makes sense is fan. the Patriots. I am a true Heat fan. When did you join the Heat and Since why? Since my father became a Heat fan all the way back to, to expansion. Okay? Since when I was born. There you go. I have a Heat jersey. See that? that That's different. If you're living in the area or your family once lived in the area and they root for a team, it's all right. 
but uh, my father was an immigrant, so he had come knowing no knowledge of the NBA, so he chose the Heat, right? And I have been a supporter of the Heat ever since. I'm not a bandwagon. I repeat, I am not a bandwagon of the Miami Heat, but I say the Diamondbacks in sort of a jokingly sense, kind of, because I don't even watch baseball like that. Um, but the Miami Heat, I am a true fan of. Well, if you switch off of the Patriots, then you're definitely confirmed bandwagon if you're just no, going to give even, up on even, the team ever. Even if, even if this team finished 0-17, right, I would still probably, I would still be a fan. I'm not going to name specifically who, somebody at East, and I don't know if they listen, but they're a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the New York Yankees, and the Golden State Warriors. What? That's literally the worst case of bandwagon I've ever seen. I don't know how you can wow. even manage to do that. Was this student, was this person a fan of other teams before uh, these current teams? I'm, I've never even tried to have a conversation with this person oh. just based off of them being a fan of four of the most obnoxious teams and four of the, which happen to be some of the most winningest teams, maybe not as of late for the Yankees yeah. and the Cowboys, but just obnoxious fan bases and you join all four. It makes no sense and it's just the most disgusting case probably in the state of Rhode Island. Uh-huh. I think might be enough of bandwagoning unless you have something to add to him. I mean, it is 848, so I think we should uh, do our best to move on to a new topic. Well, Tim, do you have anything prepared for the Would You Rather section? The what? You wrote Would You Rather on oh, the... Oh, Would You Rather. I thought you were talking about Winter Valley. I'm like, what? Nope. Oh, uh, all right. So, Would You Rather, I guess. I guess we can put these on the improv spot. Um, you know, obviously, let's start with a clear question first. Madden or 2K, explain why. Well, you got to go with 2K, even though Madden and 2K both stink. But you still play it. This is 2K, uh, NBA 2K specifically, but it's still a better game to play with friends. You can play with more friends, and it definitely holds your attention longer than stinky Madden that just copy and paste, and the gameplay is still trash. That's the same thing as 2K. No, they kind of improve, but. They kind of. They both suck. This, this is the same thing. This is the same thing that Madden people say, and you say the same thing every year. I can say, yeah, Madden uh, makes some small improvements every year. Uh, yeah, yeah. They really yeah. don't, though. I mean, come on. You can only just load up the what game. What has two K done? What has two K done? They, they add some changes. Changes. Right? <laughs> you can't even explain them. Yeah, well, they still got my money, so it doesn't matter. All right. Okay. They won. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next one. Hmm. Okay. Do you bring your own lunch or do you eat from the cafeteria? Uh, I mean, it's not much of a would you rather, but I, I mean, just bring just my a, own lunch usually. Um. Okay. So if you had to, would you go for the nacho side of the cafeteria or the burger side of the cafeteria? I, I, neither really. I think I just starve, especially <laughs> from what I've seen from these burgers at East. They've had some interesting texture to them. Let's uh, let's just run through what we have left on the. On the agenda for episode five, you have life in the classroom, hockey too, I guess, peak performance prep, RIIL stuff, IDK, and how often do you think about the Roman Empire? Um, Roman Empire first. Um, I guess so, pretty common. 
Uh, I was referenced in the library on Wednesday, so I might as well lob that into the topic. Um, let's see, peak performance this weekend. I'll be at Trinity. Apparently, they have their own bathrooms at the press box. Yep, Trinity College has their own floor for that's roped off for us and roped off. Ha- yep, roped off. I have to climb up. Well, no, I mean the staircase is roped off, and you guys got to move it. But oh. They have their own, there's a bathroom on that floor, so it's very nice. I'll be down in Lowell, Massachusetts at Janice Rink. And apparently it's heated too. Yeah, yeah, it's not as cold as Janice's. Janice is so cold I had to go buy a coat, so I'll be better prepared this week. Okay. But we got... I think we got a big topic in terms of English, Jazz. Uh, Do you think Beowulf is a braggart? Uh, You know, I think... Beowulf is not a braggart, or at least in the essay, I don't think he's a braggart. Kind of due to me uh, looking through the speeches and picking out three that kind of represented it. I'll probably cover three, one a paragraph, and intro, conclusion, call it a day in that one. But it's going to be a kind of grind. Might have to do it after the Central Burrowville football game that will be broadcasted live on the Fans Only Sports Network from... Conley Stadium tonight. Be interesting to see how much I can get done prior to the start of the game. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully, you got your essay done before. Um, in my opinion, uh, I'll take this as a first take type opinion. Uh, no, he's not a brag. He's just being honest. He's being honest, and you know, in interviews, right? You gotta show your best qualities, and he's just being honest about them. He was set. He was born and raised with these high expectations to be a legendary warrior, right? And that is what he has done. He's just being honest about his achievements. He's being honest about his intentions. He's being honest to everybody. And he's also, you know, not even being bragging like that. He's not even, like, boastful like that. He's showing respect for his fellow warriors. And, you know, in that one scene before the pool thing in the lake, you know, he's like... If I die, thank my warriors, thank my people, make sure they're treated well. You know, he's showing respect, right? And, you know, I think it is stupid to call him a braggart when all he is doing is his job. Like the Patriots, do your job. Uh, That's all I have to say. Yep, and time actually running down on the period as we started a little late for some recording to celebrate Ref's Appreciation Month. But we have one more thing we haven't touched on, RIL stuff, IDK. I think that might be in reference to the big football game that's going on tonight, Hendrickson taking on LaSalle, I believe. How excited are you? Not really excited. It's Hendry LaSalle. Uh, good for them, man. Oh, two private schools. Private school versus private school. Oh, my God. I mean, it's a championship rematch of the past it's always a 20 decades. It's always a championship rematch. In pretty much every teams. sport, except any of the girls' sports that Hendrickson doesn't have a team in. Yeah, fun fact. Hendrickson, we have more girls' championships than Bishop Hendrickson. Oh, my God. Yeah, even Hendrickson having an eighth-grade team now to just take over all Rhode Island sports. They're inescapable, and their podcast is worse than ours. But shout on the radio, yeah, Mr. Simone was right. You got to quit the shout-outs. <laughs> um, on the home front, Cranston East football is taking on somebody. They're taking on somebody away 
and I think all, we're all we're both thankful for that as fans. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want my Friday off. I mean, I might take the time to head to Central if I feel like my essay is complete and I don't feel like playing Madden twenty three. Um, yeah, I mean, I think who's Central playing? Central is playing Burville, but Central is coming off of three straight losses, one one point loss to LaSalle, followed by that crazy two to nothing loss yeah. to Wound Socket. And then last week they lost on a last second touchdown against Burv against Westerly. So they're kind of on the hot seat. And they're not the last season they never won a game against the D one opponent. So it's up in the air if they'll even stay in Division One when they restructure the divisions again. Yeah, but it's going to be an important game for Central to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Well, it's age fifty six now, so I mean, I think this is a good note to end the podcast on. Charlie, you have any final thoughts? Well, I just want to let the viewers know again. Thank you for watching Thunderbolt Sports Talk episode five now in the books. Make sure to like, comment, share, retweet, re-X, do everything, quote X, do everything that you can to get the podcast out there, support us, and support what we do, because we enjoy doing it, and we'd like to do it more often. Tim, sign us off, episode five. Fire Bill Belichick.